than answers like do dogs lick us because they know we are full of bones hi america hello well my name is adrian lee and i am your host i'm sure i'm hurting my dog's feelings by never licking it back Boy. welcome to the show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Now each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed then picks and pulls on her unconscious mind. Let's have a listen to what she's snoring tonight. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Or jingle bells. We're not going to Italy. So (laughs) snuggle under your covers and turn out your lights. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. Tell me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates. I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She is also our producer and sound engineer. Heather realised this week she's just days away from being friends with a volleyball. Welcome to the show, (laughs) Heather. Hello. Volleyball is just a really intense version of Don't Let the Balloon Touch the Ground, right? Kind of. Did you used to play that as kids? Yes. Don't let the balloon touch the ground. Miss Morris is shaking her head. You never had such wonders, did you? You were poor. Yes. You never had the wonders of a balloon, did you? Pig's bladders. You had a, don't let the pig's bladder <laughs> touch the ground while it was still in the pig. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> wow. I also wish to introduce the man, Craig 
Michelle Corey. <laughs> she was born and raised in Mora, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle went to the bank today. She saw a man with a mask and gloves come in. Thank God he was just there to rob the place. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. I like the idea of having a dyslexic bank robber. Hands up, I've got a GNU. <laughs> <laughs> like a plains African mammal would be really useful for a bank robbery. Yeah. Remember, when life hands you melons... Okay, just me. <laughs> Sorry, I've had jubes. I can't help it. I've started on the candy early. Yeah. Whoever sent the studio, I think it was Deanna, sent a large bag of Starburst jelly beans, and we've been working our way through rather large handfuls before mm -hmm. we came on air. So I am jacked up Woo. on sugar at this very moment in time. I will share that with you. Craziness. Anything can happen from this point on. Now, as we pull the string tool on the two cocoa cans up in Superior, team leader of the International Paranormal Society, Scott Kenner is currently with us again via modern technology. Scott discovered this week the police want to interview him which is strange as he didn't even apply for the job. Welcome to the show, Scott. Hello, Adrian. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. Always fabulous to hear your North Wisconsin dulcet tones. The Superior Police Department announced tonight that they wish to interview a man wearing high heels, stockings and garters in connection with an armed robbery. The local sheriff has said they must wear their normal uniforms, though, so a bit of bad luck there. They are mad, bad, and paranormal. This is season three, episode 97, just three weeks away from the coveted 100th episode of season three. We already have parcels in the studio ready to be opened. There will be a cake. There will be celebrations. Now, we have a listening party. We are very close to starting the round that we call a lack of general knowledge, and you can play along at home if you wish to play. You need to go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee. We had something like 500 comments last Friday. Yeah. More people are coming online and there's a sense of community now. Now we're all in isolation. All of these things we've been doing with Oak Island on a Tuesday, with the show on a Friday on Facebook, everyone playing along, suddenly has become very important, isn't it? I enjoy reading everybody's comments. If you wish to play along... If you wish to answer the questions, if you wish to join the banter, the jivality, the fun, the camaraderie, that is where you need to be on Facebook. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee, and we're about to start the quiz. So, as convention dictates, with the bulging bag of used $20 bills, the Martin-sponsored gong of infinite knowledge with the CCTV of statistics, and the he'll be singing like a canary when we get him down the police station of facts. Stand back, ladies and gentlemen. Martin! Happy birthday, Martin! Happy birthday, Martin! Yes. <laughs> sponsored Gong of Infinite Knowledge. It was his birthday. That makes him an Aries. Yes. A very dangerous and slippery beast is your Aries. Mm. Just thought I'd share that with you. Now, on this very day, in 1973, do you remember such wonders? I wasn't born. You weren't even a glint in your daddy's epididymis. <laughs> on this very day, in 1973, the first ever mobile phone call was made in downtown Manhattan by Motorola employee Martin Cooper to the Bell Labs headquarters in New Jersey. I'll add the extra cheese with the thin crust pineapple topping, is what he said. I have nothing to back that up. I don't believe that to be true. So for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that strange, bizarre, and fascinating facts about cell phones. Feeling confident? No. 
No. Do you like cell phones? Yes. No. You too? <laughs> one yes. One no. No. Scott chimes on in the background. No as well. So you're going to have to rely on pure luck and guesswork for your first points of the evening. And very apt, due to the current times in which we live in. The average cell phone has how many more times bacteria than a toilet handle? The most will win. Whoever gets the closest is going to take away the first flushed points of the evening. The average cell phone has how many more times bacteria than a toilet handle, Miss Morris? 324. 324. Or 234. The numbers are mixed up. Let me get that. I need to start writing these down because, as we know and love, you do spread your chips liberally mm-hmm. on black and red. What was the first number you gave me? 324 you or 234. 234 times more bacteria. Yeah. Isn't it very interesting that the flush on a toilet is on the left when everyone, most people, are right-handed? That's a very odd and strange thing. It makes me think that back in the day you were supposed to flush with the chain as you're sitting down. But now there's a little handle. You can't actually do that until you stand up, pretty much. So isn't it odd that the flush on the toilet's on the left-hand side? Why'd they get and rid of the overhand sit, flusher? Sit the other way. Well, you Is it have because to... they used it as a grip? Yes, dead man's grip. That's right. <laughs> you've, you've just eaten at the casino buffet. <laughs> it gives you something to grip onto. I think the gravity was the pressure back in the day. And yeah. you don't need that anymore because water is under pressure. There are pressure. some people that do. Well, under pressure. <laughs> do you work well under pressure? No. No, I thought so. So your two choices for this evening, you're saying that there's 325 or 330. 324. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm numbered this Or 234. <laughs> are you feeling confident? Where'd the five come in? I'm making my own numbers up here. I swear to God, if it's five. That's number one. She's just talked herself out of two points. Michelle, how many more times bacteria is there on a cell phone compared to a toilet I think it's a lot, and I'm going to say 2,000. You're going to say it's times 2,000. Scott, win yourself some points this evening on the facts of the toilet handle. How many more times are you thinking there? Scott has won the first points of the evening. It's not as many as you think. It's times 19, which is still a lot, of course. Your cell phone has 19. I'd have taken 18 as well because I did. He looked it up on his phone. What, and got the answer wrong but the closest? Yeah, because he typed it in wrong. He's smart. You're suggesting he looked it up, didn't want to guess exactly because it looked like he he was cheating. But then went something fairly close. It would, yeah. Well, we have met you before. We do know this is something you can do. Yeah. But Scott has won the points, and there are 19 times the amount of bacteria on a cell phone compared to a toilet handle. I'm wondering, I'd have given you 18 as well, because I did two lots of research, and some said 18, some said 19. I'd have, I'd have given it to you if you'd have guessed either of those two. I'm wondering if your cell phone... Is constantly in use. I read that the average person unlocks their cell phone 200 times a day. So the bacteria is constantly living. It's constantly there. Whereas on a toilet handle, how many times is that flushed? Do you see what I mean? The bacteria perhaps dies over a prolonged period of time. That would be my... Do you do a double flush? Best. Courtesy Like flush. a double call. No, yeah. I use a poop knife. 
And if you strain too hard, you'll give yourself a poop coma and you'll forget the last 15 years yeah. of your life. Oh. Did you know more people own cell phones than actually have toilets? Yeah. More facts huh? and figures. I know cell phones are getting thinner and smarter, which is the complete opposite of people right now. I just thought I'd share <laughs> that with you. But Scott has won the first points of the evening. Scientists have discovered a way to make which liquid charge cell phones? Coke. You are suggesting that Coca-Cola or any other brand of cola would be able to charge a cell phone? Yes. Scientists have discovered this. Sure. That would be useful, wouldn't it? Mountain Dew. Oh, you're not. <laughs> God. We're going to go through a whole range of carbonated beverages now, aren't we? Beer. <laughs> Leave some for everybody else. <laughs> so your answer is Coca-Cola, Mountain Dew and beer, which sounds like a fabulous cocktail. That's the MQTA cocktail right there. I think I've done it at a leftover party once. <gasps> oh, is that where you just mix everything together that's left over? That's grog. No, that's pretty much what's left on your coffee table after a party and you're still thirsty. <laughs> and you just put it all together in one glass. Yeah. Even the roofies are going in. Oh, we don't talk of roofies. No, no. you did have a bad experience no. fairly recently with the roofie, didn't you? You I lost did. a couple of hours of your life, didn't don't you? Don't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> I have no recollection. I don't know if I lost it or not. Apparently people told me I lost it. What a great party that was. It was. I, too bad I was gone. Yes. Good times. You're going with Coca-Cola. That's 100% true, by the way. Coca-Cola, Mountain Dew and beer. Mm-hmm. Michelle. What do you think scientists have recently found a way to charge mobile phones with in terms of a liquid? Whiskey Cokes. You're going whiskey Cokes. These are very specific answers. Scott's had time to cheat. He's now going to give me the right answer, which is... Water. Urine. <gasps> now, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? No. He is 100% correct. <gasps> Scott! Accusations are currently flying around the studio. You're lucky you're not here because I normally have missiles thrown <laughs> I ate me. the missile. It was a piece of chocolate. It's gone, is it? Oh. Yeah, I ate it. Apparently, scientists more? have discovered a way to make liquid <laughs> urine. Liquid urine? Liquid urine. urine. Rather than Eskimo urine. I know how urine. to do that. As opposed to Eskimo urine, which comes out like ice cubes. Yes, uh, liquid urine. That would be their IP address, surely. A bit. No, I, I call it drink for that one. Let's drink. In Britain alone, 100,000 cell phones are dropped down the toilet every single year. Can you believe that? Remember that one Do in Sweden? Do they come out recharged? Yes, they come out fully charged, apparently. Good. There was a story we did many years ago about many. a guy in Norway, I think it was. Yep, was it I Norway? did it. Norway or Sweden. Dropped his cell phone. Porta potty. In yeah, the outhouse. And it was grim. <gasps> Oh, God. From then on in. I, I think Michelle had to Squidgy. grab the... Yeah, well, it didn't have a good ending, did it? Nope. Peanuts. Wow. Cell phone throwing is an official sport in which country? We could win a America. gold medal at this. This is Olympic. Cell phone throwing is the official sport. America. In America. United States of Amoeba. You yeah. are suggesting America yeah. is the official home of cell throw. Cell throw. throw chucking. Just throw chicken. chicken. Yeah. Cell throw chucking. I can't get me worms out. It's killing me. Cell throw chucking. Well, the problem is I'd call it a mobile. I have to call it a cell phone in this country. But in Britain, that's your mobile. So we're learning a little bit as we go along. So I'm using words I'm not used to. I'm yeah. having to translate in yes. my head. I've been learning Rosetta Stone Americanish oh. for 10 years now. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm struggling 
on the first lesson. You are suggesting America. America. Cell phone throwing is an official sport Chuck in which in. country, Michelle? Iceland. Oh, that's a good answer. Why do you think Iceland? Because they like throwing stuff. They do like throwing stuff, don't they? <laughs> Scott, we'll see if he's cheated a little bit more. <laughs> I'm going to come to Scott first on the next question. I just thought I'd share that with you because he's had a good minute or two. I can hear him typing away in the background. Scott, which country has the official sport of cell phone throwing? Well, I think it's Scotland because they throw weird things there, you know, curling stones and tossing papers. So I I think women. You're going to go with good old Bonnie Scotland. That's the enemy. We don't talk about the enemy. Miss Morris is going to chip in with Who's another country. Who's the one country. that does curling? Because I could chuck I, that. They do that in Scotland as I well. I could chuck that phone down a piece of ice for a long way. I, well, can, I could broom it. I tell yeah. you that no one has got the right answer. Yugoslavia. Africa. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. Africa's oh. a continent. I mean, if you actually gave me a country, <laughs> we might be with a chance of winning. Um, That's a country. Congratulations. Greece. Scandinavia. That's a, not a country. Scandinavia. I'm giving you clues. <laughs> Sweden, Norway, Denmark. The you Netherlands. Hey, <laughs> it got there. You went Iceland, Sweden, <laughs> Norway, Denmark, and finally landed on Finland. Michelle wins her points yeah. this evening for saying that Finland is the official home of cell phone throwing. You can always tell if a Finn likes you as he's staring at your shoes instead of his own. That's a country, by the way, that's always practiced social distancing in Finland. Mm. I'd share that. The worst thing you can suggest to a Finn is community singing. I made that mistake once and had a terrible weekend in Helsinki. Now, on this day, in 1922, we're going to celebrate a birthday now. Oh, 1922. Yours? What, in 1922, <laughs> you cheeky bugger. <laughs> it's possible. By the way, someone mentioned last week that they thought it was funny every time I called someone a muppet. Yeah, so uh, I'm just saving the ammunition for the moment, you? but that yeah. is that is borderline Venn diagram Muppet territory right there. <laughs> On this day in 1922, Doris Day oh. was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Sadly, she passed away last year at the great ripe old age of 97. That's a good inning. So, for the first time in the history of NQTA Radio, I cannot believe that strange, bizarre and fascinating facts about Dorothy Day. Mm. Do you like Doris Day? Fan of Doris Day? Yeah. Before my time. Yeah, well, that's that's I, a given. But I like yes. Calamity Jane. I think her last film was 1969, but then she had a television series, didn't she, that ran through the late 60s and early 70s. She did mm-hmm. Pillow Talk. And it's still before my she time. She did some Alfred Hitchcock films. Yep. Very, yes, I understand these things. I wasn't born in a barn, but I had to choke my own chicken. Jesus. Oh. Now, Doris Day had a phobia of what? There you go. Doris Day had a phobia of what? I'll give you a clue, because there's many phobias out there. It caused her to turn down some awards ceremonies. There's your oh. clue. It caused her to turn down some awards ceremonies. I would say she had a phobia of colors. Colors and colors. Oh my God! Keep the green away from me. Too yeah, much I don't like the blue curtains. Oh no, it's an orange. Yeah. She had a how does a phobia of colors, if a thing even existed, stop you from going to awards ceremonies? Because the theme could be like a blue background or a red background. Well, that's life, or isn't it? Background. I mean, everywhere you're going to be in life, there's going to be color. And I'm scared. 
Okay. Keep the red away from me. Yeah. Okay, that's a very odd thing. I'm sure someone will find out for me. I only me. like black. Well, oh. We have a listening party, but that's not a colour. That's a tone, isn't it? Black's an absence yeah. of light. Everything's black if you turn yeah. the lights out. Yeah. Colours reflect light, right? So if there's no light, there's no colour oh, to reflect. Oh, got it. How many ghosts do you want? She had a fear of flying. She didn't want to fly oh, across the... the... God. <laughs> so we went from a fear of black. So she did not want to go to, like, the BAFTAs. Okay, which is British. Go because on. she would have to fly. All right. You're going to plump for a fear of flying, are you? Yes. Michelle, what did Doris Day have a fear of? The voices told me flashbulbs. Flashbulbs. That's a great answer. Scott, what did Doris Day have a fear of? Stage fright in front of large crowds. Stage fright, large crowds. That would stop you going to an awards ceremony, a fear of crowds. You'd be very introverted. Miss Morris has now that 100% correct. She wins her first, oh my God, we're landing in a field, points of the evening. She had a fear of flying despite... Uh, I thought you were going to say colour. I know, I did too. Yeah, the, the colour red kept her away from many awards ceremonies over the years and she had to have an assistant to go through a bag of skittles with her to take all the red ones out she did actually play a flight attendant in the film 1956 film julie mm. so it was very interesting she had a fear of flying there's many people with a fear of flying they're very very good almost world class you know never to be beaten dennis bergkamp was a dutch footballer who played for arsenal and he missed a lot of arsenal's games in europe because he didn't want to fly mm. Uh, which was quite reasonable because he was involved in some fairly hairy incidents in the air. I'm not a fan of flying. I've, I actually survived a plane crash once back in the early 90s, coming back from Greece to London, which is a long story. But I have to drug myself now to get on an aeroplane. So yeah. it hasn't stopped me. I just go on there with some diazepam and I dribble and the air stewardess wakes me up after nine hours and says, Sir, we're here, as I've got the pillow stuck to my face. I always wondered if masturbating on a plane could be classed as a hijacking. Gross. Well, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. Just, you know, putting it out there. That could be... Why am I getting looks? How come suddenly this is material we can't use? Outrageous. Now, why was it odd that Denver Pyle... No one's ever called names like this anymore, are they? Denver Pyle. Why was it odd that Denver Pyle portrayed Doris's father on her TV series in 1978 to 1970. Now, you know who Denver Pyle is, because I will tell you. He played, if you don't already know. Does anyone want to win five points? He's Gomer Pyle's brother. Is he really? (laughs) You're making stuff up. You said it was such an angelic little face. I almost believed you. He played Jesse, the dad, on the Dukes of Hazzard. Oh. That was Denver Pyle. Now, Denver Pyle portrayed Doris's father on the TV series. What was odd about that? They were the same age. <laughs> yeah. You are suggesting that good old Denver Pyle was the same age as Doris Day, but he played her dad in the TV series. Yep. You're going with that, are you? Yep. Michelle, why was it odd that Denver Pyle portrayed her dad? He was younger than Doris He Day. was younger than Doris Day. What does that leave you, Scott? Any thoughts? Any suggestions? They were dating. <gasps> oh, that's an excellent. Doris Day was actually married... Four times, and uh, they didn't go particularly well, I might add. She was abused in her first marriage, and it lasted a couple of years in the early 40s. I think her third husband left her bankrupt due to some dodgy dealings that she knew nothing about. 
but the right answer is they were roughly the same age. Nice. Thank you. True. Miss Morris has picked up a couple more points, which brings her to a resplendent yeehaw four. In Britain, we don't tend to have commercials or adverts. They don't exist on BBC television. Imagine watching a channel without any adverts. When I first came to America, I've got some distant cousins that live in Los Angeles. I came over here in 1980 for a month with my parents. I'm sat in a hotel room. I've turned on the Dukes of Hazard. Bearing in mind we don't have ad breaks. Do you remember the opening scene of the Dukes of Hazard where the car would go through a barn and you'd see Daisy Duke bending over and all kinds of shenanigans? Then there was a moment where the car would take off and he'd go yeah, and then the show would start. So I've watched the ad. I've watched the intro, and then it went yeah, and then it went into an ad break. Yeah. And then when it came back from the ad break, it went ah, and landed, and it carried on with the show. I couldn't believe an ad break had been put in. Now I've lived here for long enough. I know that you put ad breaks in everywhere, and you don't care where they go, and you don't even look at the program. After 15 minutes, someone comes along with a pair of scissors, and it's going in whether you want it or not. Wow. There you go. The Dukes of Hazard made being a redneck call 33 years before Duck Dynasty was even heard of. Who knew of such wonders? What event stopped Day becoming a dancer when she was 15 years old? She always wanted to be a dancer. She appeared on TV, various shows as a dancer in her she got pregnant. early teens. Ooh. Wow. Isn't Doris Day meant to be like the American Virgin? Wasn't she meant to be sort of untouched? Yes, angelic. That's a very controversial thing you're saying yeah. there, Morris. What event stopped Doris Day becoming a dancer when she was only 15 years old? She got pregnant. Yep. I'm led to believe that Jerry Lee Lewis was nowhere around her at the time, just to put that straight out there for legal reasons. <sighs> so you're suggesting good yeah. old Doris Yeah. got pregnant. Yeah. Keppelhoff, I think her last name was. Doris Keppelhoff. Her family were German. They were German okay. migrants back in the day. Michelle, what event at 15 stopped her from becoming a dancer? She got in a car accident. That's a very, very good answer as well. What happened in that car incident? Anything you want to add to that? Any? She got terribly maimed and <laughs> broken bones. <laughs> Just proper skin and off. I was thinking more about what caused the accident, how did the oh. accident come about, rather than her own personal injuries, but that was very descriptive. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you along the path a little bit. Scott, what stopped Doris Day becoming a dancer at 15 years old? Puberty. Oh, wait, I got one more. Oh. oh. Hang on, before you jump in, how does puberty stop you from becoming a dancer? What, you suddenly... Be you become a woman. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you get boobies and a bum. Oh, yeah, you're not... Her chest got too large and she couldn't Yeah, she couldn't, she couldn't do jazz hands. No, her yeah. arabesques were terrible <laughs> after puberty struck. <laughs> Shocking. She got offered a part. A part of what? A part, <laughs> an, an acting job, a stage part, uh, something, and it changed the direction of her career. I she... will give Michelle the points. It was, in fact... A traffic accident. I needed a bit more detail, but I will give you the points. In October 1937, she shattered the bones in her right leg when she was travelling in a car that got hit by a train, would you believe? So she was lucky to be alive. If you get hit by a train in the car, that's normally not good news, is it? There's a lot of mass travelling along there, and it tends to disintegrate the car, but that is what happened to her. Michelle has won the points. I told the doctor I broke my leg in two places. He said... 
quit going to those places. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. No. I love uh-uh. this show. They met her fourth husband whilst dining in a hotel restaurant. What did Barry Condom, com then, give her that wowed her off of her feet? They met her fourth husband whilst dining in a hotel restaurant. His name was Barry Condon. What did he give her in that restaurant that wowed her off her feet? There you go. Toilet towel. Romance. Well, that would happen now, wouldn't it? Roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Imagine Romeo and Juliet. What light beyond the window breaks? Why, it's fair Juliet holding a pack of toilet paper. Some Charmin. That's the girl for me. Yeah. Yeah, right there. I like Viva. You're suggesting that he walked up to her in a restaurant in a hotel with toilet paper and that wowed her off her feet, did it? No, she went to the bathroom and when she came out of the bathroom, he offered her a warm face towel. (laughs) (laughs) This country's amazing. Do you often get... What are you doing with your face? Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> Straining. She was sweating. She had the meat sweats. Look, there's Doris Day. She's had such a big number two. She's sweating. Someone get her a moist towel there. And she, warm it. She's had dead man's grip. She's come out flushed. She, she's picked up less bacteria on the handle than on her cell phone. She's someone's walked up to Doris Day yep. and she's come out the car seat and given her a warm towelette. Yep. <laughs> your mind works in very mysterious ways. And that would wow you off your feet, would it? That would that would score highly in your book of romance, would it? Wouldn't you like a warm towel on your bottom? <laughs> oh, it's on her bottom now, is it? That's where well, it's going. Give it a shave. <laughs> That'd be great. Wow. She could be had for a trip to Dairy Queen. She could be had for a moist towelette. <laughs> there we go. Many right. a true words said there, sir. Absolutely. Well, that leaves a myriad of answers for you, oh, Michelle. God. What did Barry Comden give her in a restaurant that wowed her off her feet? First time she'd ever met the guy and he presented this to her. A diamond-encrusted tiara. Oh. Lots of detail. Scott, you've had plenty of time to think of an answer and to cheat. What did he give her? Well, I was going to say diamonds because they're a girl's best friends, but since Michelle took that, I'll say a hundred roses. You're all very romantic, aren't you? He He grated her parmesan. He grated her parmesan. Is that a euphemism? Can I come over there and grate your parmesan? Well, let's hope so. uh, Would you like me to put some pepper on that for you? (laughs) It's an old yep. one, but it still grinds. <laughs> Great. And Lovely. a corn. Let me tell you that this goes back to her love of animals because she <gasps> runs some charities that were animal. A leopard. A cheetah. He gave her a cheetah. That's it. He came in with a big cat, did he? He gave her a bag of old bones. He was working in the hotel. He knew that she had a love of dogs, and he gave her a bag of old bones to take home for her <gasps> oh, dog. Oh, I thought you meant a skeleton. <laughs> I'm like, yes, what? Yes, here's a dead body. There you go, Doris. Take that home with you. <laughs> What'd you get on your first date? A bag of, old, bag bone. of old bones. Well, that's not a nice thing to say about the girl. I know she's knocking on her in a few years, but... Wow, he did. He gave her a bag of old bones. And now you know, Scott, for wife number what? Wow. Four. <laughs> What's required, apparently, is a bag of old... He, 
which is lucky for him because yeah. he's got a bag of old bones. Number three. He was the maitre d, and he knew Day's love of dogs, and so he gave her the bones to say, "Here's the bones for your dog," and they struck up a conversation. And they were married. And again, unfortunately for Doris, she doesn't have much luck in this department in the matrimonial world. And it didn't last that long. Some would say that was love at first bite. I'd say it was rough. I'd say bon appetit. Oh, God. (laughs) That was then. But this is now as we enter our favourite part of the show. It's the mailbag. We love the mailbag. If you wish to write to us, we love receiving your messages of support. Miss Morris has just held up a big sign with 30 written on it. I feel like I'm a race car driver. Do you know when they go past the pits and someone holds out a sign that says how far you are behind? Or I think they have microphones for that. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, there was a man holding a board out saying three laps to go. You suck. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> oh, great. Shake and bake. Good times. We love the mailbag. I told you we'd been on the candy hard tonight, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. If you wish to write to us, you can do so. If you go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Vicky has posted... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Adrian, Heather and Michelle, great show. Thank you, Vicky. Stay safe. Vicky is a a long-time listener to the show, so we appreciate that. You can listen to us first on the Dark Matter digital network at 10 p.m. Central Time. We're in 100,000 listeners in 190 countries. I only muddled that up. I'm sure we're being listened to in Finland as well. That's come up in the top ten a couple of times as Finland, if my memory serves Mm -hmm. me right. Lynn then added, thanks for the awesome show tonight. Oh, thanks, oh, thank you, Lynn. Lisa posted, thank you for making us all laugh. Oh. Even if you weren't feeling good, loved every minute of the show. We were in a pretty poor way last Ooh. week, weren't we? Yes, thank We were you. at the rough end of uh, various illnesses and various bits and pieces. Larry has added, I second that. And Kimberly said, I needed this so badly. Miss mm. Morris, would you like to tell our beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, gorgeous listeners and boys and girls how they can access the show in the platforms and the archives? Well, if you would like to listen to some of the older episodes of MQTA, you can go to soundcloud.com where you will find all of our previous episodes up to about four weeks ago. And then you can also listen on iTunes. Tune in Spotty Fly, Brussels Sprouts, Gasbox, Hedgehogs, uh, yeah, Hedgehog, Fly by, Zipper, Pineapple, Skin Tag Ranch, yeah. yeah, Skin Tag Ranch, all kinds of wondrous things. But SoundCloud, we're on every archive, every single one. If you if can't you, find us, it's your problem. That's yeah. right. If you can't find us, unfortunately, you've only got yourself to blame. If you listen to us on SoundCloud, why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you appreciate what we do? And would you like to tell our listeners what their incentive is to go and find us in the archives? Because there's something in our archives that we're not allowed to do when we're on air on the Dark Matter Digital Network. We're allowed to be naughty. <gasps> that is true. We're allowed to be dirty. Yeah. Although you have shown us, you have thrown me some shade, haven't you, today? I've said one or two things that are a little bit close to the edge there. No, you're talking about it. I'm just glaring at you. I can tell that, yeah. Giving me the BBI. <laughs> You're supposed to save the naughtiness. 
I couldn't help myself. I've had candy and sugar and lots of it. But we do a round which we call... Not for your mama. And where can we find that? In SoundCloud, in Brussels sprouts, in Spidey Pox. Yes, yeah. Spidey Pox, one of the Spider worst things dick. you can get from a spider. <laughs> yeah, custard. We do an extra 15, 20 minutes of the show yeah. at the top of the hour. When we go off air, we stay in the studio, all of the stories from around the world that we find that have innuendo, sexual content. On adult, purpose. Adult, <laughs> some of us find them on purpose. <laughs> Others find them by accident. Yeah. Serendipity. I'm finding mine through serendipity, I would say. Tony has said as well, he's posted, the MQTA archive is awesome. Oh, Ooh, thank, thank you, you, Tony. Thank you, Tony, for that. We appreciate that. Deanna added, knowing you all were feeling sick this past week, thank you for putting on the show. You are all appreciated more than you know. Made my night better Aww. than perfect. Thank you, Diana. Now, we've thank been struggling in the much. same way that lots of people around the world have been struggling. I will tell you right now, that all of my book signings, all of my events, all of my expos, and all of my psychic readings have been cancelled. So I have zero income right now. But if you wish to donate to the show, we would appreciate that. This is a non-profit organisation we're running here. We don't make any money from the show, but we do have a lot of overheads. All of those platforms we just read out cost money to be on. We have to pay for all the studio equipment, all of the reams of paper we go through so if you wish to donate that would be very appreciated at this difficult time you can go to patreon.com search for mqta radio and there's lots of levels in which you can donate and you do get a little bit more for your money don't you miss morris if you found us on patreon and you donated a dollar or a few dollars what would you get for that you get the episodes three to four weeks early so you can brag to your friends and you also get episodes specifically made for Patreon as well as any videos that we currently have posted so you can see us being crazy in studio. There's lots of wondrous things on there. Tracy posted, thank you so much for Friday's show. Just knowing that you are there and that you're broadcasting made me feel less isolated. Aww. I was so excited that I felt like a dog let off its leash. How sweet. Oh, thank you, Drew. Thanks. And then yesterday, I received this fantastic message. This is from the UK. We do get these messages of support from all over the world. George, back in the UK, posted, guys and girls. I'll do this in my English accent. <laughs> Please. <laughs> guys Put and, one on. <laughs> guys and girls. I work for the UK National Health Service, which is the biggest employer in the whole of the UK. My mother worked for the health service for 25 years back in Britain. If she wasn't so old, I'm sure she'd have volunteered and gone back to help. Do you know 20,000 retired National Health Service workers have gone back to work to help out in this last couple of weeks, which is remarkable. Very wow. British thing to do. I work for the UK National Health Service. You have no idea how much I look forward to hearing your laughter each week. All the best and stay safe. So that's George in the UK. A big thank you to him if you're struggling at the moment if you're in isolation you can read my books you can go to amazon.com and search for adrian lee there's books on ghosts hauntings psychic work ufos you can listen for free to some of the chapters of those books if you go to youtube search for adrian lee search for more questions and answers i have read various things on there as well and there's lots of archive shows you can actually see us in the studio so there's things you can do there as well and Miss Morris, would you like to finally explain what we're doing on a Tuesday at 8pm Central Time, week in, week out? 
at 8 o'clock, we show up on the History Channel. We all turn it on, and we go to a particular post on more questions and answers. That's right. And we watch Oak Island and get drunk. Yes, yep. and we make fun of the show. And, and have yeah. gift wars. And we had, I think, 450, 500 yeah. people commenting in that hour on Tuesday. Gift wars. It's oh, a lot of fun. So... A lot of people are sat on their own at the moment in isolation, all feeling like one big community, having fun, watching the same show. It's really helping out. I really enjoyed myself this You week. won't learn anything. Well, that wasn't the plan, well, was it? Sometimes, you know, you're not meant to leave with anything. You're it's just, like watching a car crash. Just being there <laughs> and seeing Doris's day's dancing career coming to an end. I will summarise this week's show. They found a ring and they found a map, which made them realise they'd been digging in the wrong place for the last ring. eight years. Yes, they put some money into a machine. It went... Bah, 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 bah. Have you seen a gumball ring after you leave it in your sandbox for five years? I don't know. How was your wedding? <laughs> You're not lying. You got Albanian silver, didn't you, if my memory no, serves me right? No, it was Italian silver. Well, it was supposed enough. to be worth a lot of money, and it was only five bucks. Oh, my. Well, I, he must have loved you. I was wondering why my neck turned green. Oh, we yeah. now move to the round that we call Ghosts and Hauntings. And remember, we do not do orbs. This is an exciting show. Everyone's tied on four right now. Ooh. All across the board. Four, really? four, four, four. I think fours all across the board means that angels are protecting you, aren't they? I'm not a numerologist, but if you see 444, I think that's an angel number. I think it's saying you're being protected, your spirit guides and your angels are here. Which is good news for everyone in the studio. Yeah. A Ghostbuster couple have been blasted for hunting for spooks during the virus lockdown. Lindsay, 45, and Lee Steer, 34, insist they are not near anyone while live streaming from a haunted home in the wood. But psychic Nick Sage said, I feel they're putting profit before the safety of others. They're not key workers. Paul Blake of Wales, Paranormal Seekers, said, we are waiting it out. There's nothing wrong with exercising, but walking around graveyards at night is exploiting it. Sheffield-based Lindsay said, this is our livelihood. We're entitled to work. Me and Lee can't work from home, unless you've got a haunted house. Yeah. The government guidelines state that certain jobs require people to travel to and from their work, providing you're not showing coronavirus symptoms, which we're not. We provide a service to people. We've got thousands of people watching our videos. We filmed at 9pm and carry our own hand gel. So they're in a cemetery late at night with hand gel. It's upsetting that people attack us when we are working. We're not stupid. South Yorkshire police urge people to abide by government restrictions. Are they doing anything wrong? If they're in a cemetery at 9pm, on their own, the two of them, yes. doing a paranormal investigation that's being viewed on YouTube, what are they doing wrong? Are they in the UK? Yes. Then yes, they are. You're they're thinking, not supposed to be out. They're not supposed to be Do out. they have a dog with them? Um, a paranormal pug. Yes, the no, answer would be no. They haven't taken a paranormal pug. They could say they're exercising. Get your butt inside, and that wasn't a funny joke, Lee. There's only two of them. Exercising, me. Be gone. <laughs> wow, that took a turn, didn't it? Do you think they're doing anything wrong? If there's two of them, and it's nine o'clock at night in a cemetery, what, they're not going to infect according, the dead, are they? But according to Boris Johnson, you're not supposed to, right? Well, you're allowed to exercise, and you can go out in pairs to walk and so forth. Only groups of two. But they live together? Yes. Wow. wow. It's a fine line. Yes, and it's not fine. I don't think they should be doing it just 
because as long yeah. as there's no coffin in the graveyard, they'll be fine. I suspect. Oh, oh. Make it stop. Graveyard hell or warm the hair gel. Why did I say hair gel? I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> Are they styling? Could you use, could you use hair gel instead of hand gel? I thought of something about Mary. Oh, <laughs> oh no! God. Let's move swiftly on, but I will give I will give myself some points, Miss <laughs> Morris. What have you got for me tonight in the round? I'm doing hodgepodge night. Oh, you're oh. dealer's choice, are you? I am dealer's. You're just going to pick whatever's there. Yeah. Go on, then. Fine. Are you ready? I'm yep. poised. Visitors to the Turkey Mountain Urban Wilderness area have been reporting sightings of a strange <gasps> creature. Oh, God, yes. In a post on the region's official Facebook page, officials noted that they had received a number of reports from visitors who had described seeing a Bigfoot-like creature in the area. There we go. Oh, oh yeah. That's the uh, casino buffet <laughs> right there, isn't it? Over the weekend. Oh, here we are. Here we go. We received dozens, dozens. of calls. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And messages Unbelievable. reporting its sighting at Turkey. Gobble, gobble. While we investigate the matter, this seems like a good time for us to remind you that social distancing of six feet is required when at Turkey Mountain and you see the turkey. Gobble, gobble. Turkey Mountain. That's correct. Turkey Mountain. Turkeys that live on mountains are a very strange breed. They've actually got legs shorter on one side, which allows them to cling to the mountainside. (laughs) You can always tell a mountain turkey by the fact that one leg's shorter than the other. We've got one in here. (laughs) We're going to. Nice. The wilderness, which cover at least a 300-acre area of undeveloped land in Tulsa, Oklahoma, God bless you, has proven a popular destination for those looking to take a break from the monetary... Or monotony, monotony of isolating at home. You don't want to be lonely at home. Be lonely in Turkey Mountain. Lonely at. (laughs) I was at Turkey Turkey Mountain and I was lonely. (laughs) Images of the Bigfoot, Big Feet, shown a light brown bipedal ape, partially obscured. (laughs) So there's a Bigfoot Turkey Mountain. (laughs) Obscured by bushes and trees. However, it remains impossible to discount the possibility that it is simply, maybe, could be Jethro in a costume. No way. Maybe. Being isolated. He's brave. Any idiot in a costume is going to get shot. On Turkey Mountain. Would you need a turkey call or a Sasquatch call at Turkey Mountain? (laughs) He's got a whole, wow, it's like being in a zoo. This is how Noah must have felt as he got all the animals onto the ark. Yeah. You finished your story? Are you done? I'm done. Oh, no. And the rubber chickens come out as well. Well, she's playing all her A-game tonight. Michelle, oh, yeah. win yourself some points. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and the Haunting? Do you, you want Robbie Williams or a mum goes green? Let's do Robin Williams. All then. right. Robbie. Robbie. Easy mistake to make, though. (laughs) For almost two decades, Robbie Williams has been intrigued by the paranormal, but it isn't interested in him anymore. The angel singer claims to have spoken to ghosts, 
been visited by aliens and seen strange orbs of light which he was convinced were extraterrestrials but he says they have all deserted him since he had his five-year-old lad charlie daughters teddy seven and coco one and baby son Bo. so he's got four kids he's busy he is busy he hasn't got a television has he mm. robbie said the strangest thing is that since i've had kids the phenomena has ceased to happen i'm guessing that once you have kids they just take up all of your energy and your thoughts he's a genius isn't he he's very gifted is Robbie oh. williams this is 100 percent true it's also down to the fact i suspect oh. that there's so much noise and mayhem because all those kids sound very young no ghost is going to stick around under those circumstances. Mm -hmm. The one thing I've learned in 25 years is ghosts do not like fuss, mess, noise, kids running around, the banging of drums. <laughs> they like nice, peaceful, quiet oh. environments, don't they? No. You're suggesting not? <laughs> no. No. What's your suggestion then? My suggestion would be... It depends on the ghost because they all have different personalities. So your ghost may like it nice and quiet and, and studious. Yes. My ghost don't. No. What a surprise. Who knew? Your <laughs> ghosts like noise, do they? Well, you know, we've been on plenty of ghost investigations. And we usually will sit there in complete silence for an hour waiting for something to talk to us. But what we actually find a lot of the time, and you can even ask Mr. Scott on the line, is a lot of the times they're talking with us while we're having conversations or being loud. They do like to join in. I think they miss that sense of being human and having conversations. Community. Chatting about baseball. Well, isn't that what people are struggling with now? Right. Yeah. A sense of community and mm -hmm. social, being social. The superstar currently lives in L.A., but said his religious upbringing in Stoke-on-Trent is what got him interested in the supernatural. He explained, I was told at a very early age that I used to see people that had passed on and I could talk to them. That kind of carried me on through my youth. Then I stopped, stopped talking to them because I found drugs. There you go. That will do it. <laughs> my mom had these books on her shelves about fairies and UFOs, so my mind has already been open to this stuff. He spoke about his experiences on US radio where he detailed four of his most notable encounters with the paranormal world, including one at Utah's Skinwalker Ranch, which is a hotbed for UFO sightings. And he admitted he would have bought the site if he had not been married. There. Uh... So getting married stopped him from buying the Skinwalker. Skin Tag Ranch. Skin Tag Ranch. But he's suggesting Ranch. having a tribe of children yep. has stopped him from being paranormal. You're bunking the storm. We need to shout it out then. I did. Miss Morris has bunked the story. If you are playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game, wherever you are in the world, you are now entitled to have a shot. Pros salute, cheers and skull. Scott, what have you got for me up there in Superior in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Bizarre humanoid figure with wings spotted hovering above Arizona. <laughs> The strange object even appeared to have wings as it floated in the sky in Phoenix. Strange footage of what appears to be a human-like figure hovering in the sky in Phoenix, Arizona, has sent the conspiracy world into meltdown. The video begins with a black object remaining motionless in the overcast sky. As the person behind the camera zooms in, the object seems to take on uncanny qualities. It appears to have a body and two legs hanging below. <laughs> 
from the white. He's making his own jokes. <laughs> did they? How did they shoot this, Scott? Did they shoot it through a window or just standing there? Uh, it's hard to tell from the video. I think they're standing outside, but it's it's. Uh, it, I don't know. It, I was I was wondering if it was a bug splatter on a windshield. No, no, no. It's not. Um, I don't think it's that. It, it's an object, but it's. There's there's no there's really no frame of reference in the video. It's just a just an object in a in in the sky. It reminds me of the uh, Justice League film where they've got those strange dragonfly creatures. In the beginning of the Justice League, doesn't Batman kind of pin a dragonfly yeah. creature? I think they look. Or I thought it looked similar to that. Couldn't to be it be like one of those little kids things where you pull a plastic strip and the fairy goes zipping up in the air? You've seen could, many of it these. It does kind of look like that. It's kind of cross-shaped, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it does look like it could be that. See? Uh, so uh, you're, making, you're making Morris smug here. <laughs> Carry on, Scott. What else have you got there? Uh, let's see. I forgot where I left off here. Oh, there we go. Uh, the two legs are hanging below. When, uh, when the shape starts to turn, what looks like wings appear. What looks like wings appear. YouTube user Bali18 took the footage on March 22nd before it was picked up by conspiracy site Mavi777. The post, entitled Strange Humanoid-like Object Caught Over Phoenix, Arizona, has been seen more than 2,000 times after it was shared yesterday. Viewers were quick to flock to the comment section where suggestions on what the object were were wide-ranging. Someone said it was simply <laughs> someone using a flying jet pack. I think that that's so often happens. Uh, Ordinary soldier with a rocket pack, another agreed. But others thought there was something altogether more sketchy going on. Are there a lot of rocket packs out there? Yeah, I got one of them in the garage. That's how I deliver the mail. I like to think I, so. I wow. want one. Yeah. yeah. You want a rocket pack, do you? I kind of thinking that's going to make your bottom hot. I kind of thinking you're going to need some sort it's already of already hot. The Mandalorian Why, got one. This is also true. I shall give Scott two fabulous floating in the air points. Miss Morris, have I got time to squeeze a story or two in here? Are you? No, but you want you want to go? Do you? you want... I want one. You go can on then. Do one. Go on. Can I? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm All feeling right. very generous and philanthropic. I had a fun story about some goats, but go on. Nobody cares about your goats. Wow. I do. Yeah, I was thinking. You're that's not after this. Yeah. No. Teaching your dog how to drive a car is <gasps> not an appropriate use of your time during self-isolation. <laughs> I disagree most strongly. Officers in Washington State found themselves in a high-speed car chase. On Sunday, after members of the public called the authorities to report a vehicle that was driving erratically, Scott, the car's driver tried to escape the cops at speeds of up to 100 miles per hour before the officers were eventually forced to use spike strips to bring the speeding culprit to a standstill. When they approached the car, however, they discovered a dog in the driver's seat. The owner. Did he breathalyze it? <laughs> the... <laughs> Did he have to stand in the middle of the road and put one foot in front of the other? Say the alphabet backwards. backwards. And he couldn't I can't count. say the alphabet backwards sober. <laughs> the owner who had been steering told police <gasps> that he had been teaching the dog to drive. To be fair, it was just operating the throttle and the gear stick. Sir, my dog is trying to pass his test. Wow. And he was going just a bit fast. This means he can get home from the bar drunk. He's got a dog to take him home. And so the trooper says, Here we are. I wish I could make this up. 
said State Trooper Heather Axton Man. Heather Axton Man. Yes, <laughs> kind of like the X Men. But Heather not quite X-Men. good enough to X-Men. get in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've been a trooper for almost twelve years. And wow, oh I've never heard this excuse before. I've been in a lot of high-speed chases, room room. Can I help you, officer? <laughs> I've stopped lots of cars and big old trucks. And I never have gotten an excuse that they were teaching their dog how to drive. That's rough. <laughs> The dog's owner has since been arrested and charged with a string of offenses, included reckless endangerment, driving under the influence, and felony eluding. That dog can drive. And the dog had three warrants as well, I might add. I know. Put the money in the bag now. It looked uh... like a cattle dog, just so you know. The dog is now being cared for at a local animal shelter where it's plotting. It's escape. <laughs> where it's painted a curvy NASCAR. <laughs> Knows where you leave the keys. <laughs> Great. Trundles off into the distance in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> it's stolen my car. Poor thing. We now enter the round that we call Not For Your Mother, which means you've come to find us somewhere on our archive. So we appreciate your support and the efforts that you go to to come and find us. We're going to give you a little bit extra here. This is the extra 20 to 25 minutes. We do at the top of the hour when we stay in the studio and around that we call not for your mother because the stories are rather of an adult nature rather naughty rather rude we can't read them out on air for fear of being removed or getting a ten thousand dollar fine but here we can do whatever we want we can say whatever we want on the archives although we're yeah. still very polite aren't we no, no. i am not really I've got no standards to uphold being british i, I don't have want no my standards parents to be well you're from Minnesota. I mean, Mine are getting lower. There were no expectations. Yeah. I have noticed that over a period of years, Michelle. That is yeah. true enough. There was a time you used to dress up to come out, wasn't it? Osmosis. <laughs> She's in her bathrobe right now. Shit is full. Got my lounge. Dude. I got my... She's sitting there with a white Russian. Yeah. And a beard. <laughs> That's great. I've got the bowling ball. <laughs> Lick it. Lovely. Yummy. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. This isn't Vietnam. There's rules. Good. You have been warned. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, you need to remove her from the room with a six-foot hockey stick would be my advice. Just yeah. push her out of there with the edge of the broom. would probably give you enough space, wouldn't it, I would have thought. Yeah. I'm going to jump in here. As Brits, we're spending most of their time, apparently, indoors now. They're turning to everyday objects to spice up their sex life with a spatula, the top choice. So these are the things the Brits are using in and around the house due to the fact that we can't go out. Serious? This is what I've got here in front of me. Oh, God. It seems horny couples are making the most out of what they've got (gasps) lying around. The shops have closed. Because the first thing that you worry about when all the shops have closed is where you're going to get your sex paddle from, yeah. right? <laughs> right, my sex business. Do you know why this happens? Why? People are bored? Because they're not prepared. Right. I'm exactly fully stocked. <laughs> so what you're suggesting is that in the basement of your house, you've got sex paddles. Duh. Okay. <laughs> it's a dungeon down there. Yes. Yes. She broke the last riding crop. She had to go to runnings. The sex dungeon. Yes, I've got car batteries. Mm. 
<laughs> clippy, clippy things. Clippy things. That cross thing. She's taken all the hand sanitizer. Yeah. Feathery things. Well, yeah. you've hit, you're ticking a few boxes here. If you uh, let me proceed. The EOT cleaning company quizzed, and this is an odd number, 1,668 Brits about their bedroom habits using improvised toys. And it turns out the humble spatula is the most commonly used household item in the bedroom. That's for the Aunt Jemima treatment. That's right, Scott. Wow. What was that? I don't... That's for the Aunt Jemima treatment. I know not of this treatment. It's in stripes. There. In stripes. Wow, it's been a few years since now I've I'm seen Stripes. Have to look it up. Well, Aunt Jemima doesn't exist in Britain. That's the first thing. Um, they mentioned an egg whist and some celery, but we're moving on. It seems with no actual paddles or spanking tools lying around. By the way, how many spanking tools and paddles would you get through in a lifetime? Surely if you bought one and you looked after it. <laughs> I think you would. That's, why, why <laughs> Shall I? It's like tools, isn't it? I'd still use my granddad's spade. You know what I'm saying? Because I put linseed oil on the shaft and I'm sharpening it. it. That's right. Hold on a second. All right. Why don't you tell your story, Lee? Which one? There's so many. Of when you went to Fleet Farm with with Lorna. Lorna. That is true. Lorna on my team. For sex battles? (laughs) Hang on, you're getting ahead of yourself. At runnings? (laughs) It was Fleet Farm, actually. Oh, well, that makes they're a difference. Right? <laughs> they're slutty. I was with Lorna Hunter, who at the time Hi, Lorna. was Hi. the director of MUFON of Minnesota. She's one of the most educated and knowledgeable people on UFOs. She wrote the foreword to my book. Yes. Yeah. UFOs and uh, ghosts. Yeah. Connecting UFOs and ghosts mm-hmm. through quantum physics. And uh, I can't remember why we were meeting up, but she said, I've got to go to Fleet Farm. And I said, okay. So she takes me into Fleet Farm and she had to buy a riding crop. And as we, she had a whole basket full of stuff. Let's get that straight out there. What else? <laughs> Anti-weaning devices. Oh, that's right. You told me about that too. You said they had a calf wiener. <laughs> Better than a pig's wiener. <laughs> that is true. She was buying a riding crop. And as it was going through the till, there was a really old kind of Lutheran Minnesotan woman there mm-hmm. who was running them through the till, the cashier register. And she turned around to me and loudly said, now make sure you don't break this one. <laughs> and I said, well, I promise not to take a run up this time. <laughs> the woman behind me was dying. It was ridiculous. And she was stony faced, you know, oh. not, not a flicker on this woman running them through. That is 100% true. That was in Alexandria. That was a few years ago. Oh. Wow. It seems with no actual paddles or spanking tools lying around, the cooking implement is having to do the job, with a whopping 86% of those asked admitting to bringing it into the bedroom. I think people are bored, and they're just writing any old rubbish down, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Next on the list of DIY sex toys was ropes or scarves, with some... 85% of people using it for some kinky fun. Really? So spatulas and scarves, there you go. It's looking like cooking on a camping holiday in Britain right now. <sighs> so the only time you'd be using spatulas and scarves would be cooking on a camping holiday in Britain. Yeah. While tying your other half up is an established bedroom pastime. That's, that's a bit of a stretch. 82% of people admitted to bringing their marigolds to bed. Do you know what a marigold is? It's a flower. I understand that. 
Do you know what your marigolds are? I'm bringing the marigolds to bed. A flower. They're um, washing up gloves. They're the gloves Aww. you do the washing up. That's the make of them. They're marigolds and they're yellow. They're washing up Because you call gloves. every item by its brand. Like all vacuums are Hoovers. Hoovers, that's correct, yes. What? Yes. A, a ballpoint pen would be a biro, for example. That is really? That's 100% true. Oh, boy. A duster with, what are you doing, by the way, with washing up gloves in bed? Well... How dirty are they? I have no idea what's going on here. A duster was next on the list, with 81% giving the feathery object a new lease of life between the sheets. Yeah. And making up the top five is a mirror, with 70%, 72% saying they use the everyday item for some fresh perspective with their partner. Huh. Get the neighbours to hold it still, I think, Sakina. <laughs> next on the list is a broomstick, 55%. Who's using a broomstick in the bedroom? What? Where? Wow. That's so they can practice the limbo. Ouch. A broom and washing up gloves. Sponges were also used in some sexual adventures with 47%. Where's that going? The washing up. I had no idea. A wild ride. And it seems there's a cleaning theme with the everyday objects used for erotic fun with the entire vacuum cleaner being used by 41% of Brits. Say goodbye to the bag. I can't believe any of this. I think I, it's all been made up. It this, is. This um, poll was uh, put in place by a cleaning company. So that's yeah. the first Ugh. alarm bell. And I think people are just making random stuff up to think it's Brits are very sarcastic and very dark-humoured. And they'll probably say, oh, yeah, I use the vacuum cleaner. I use this. I use the that. The egg whisker. That's right. The, the, the blowtorch. The, uh, the flying helmet and the wet celery. I, I think we're just making <laughs> stuff up there where we are but you can see that for yourself if you go to our facebook not site. really wow good clean fun or oh, that dish mop hurt my bum <laughs> oh, God. yes no. that could be you ladies and gentlemen good no. clean no fun michelle what have you no. got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother you like the great british bake-off i love it okay. loves it yes it's a show i watch this is the celebrity edition Alec Jones left the Great British Bake Off viewers stunned after her creation ended up resembling a vagina fondant. That may be what she wanted. Maybe. The one show star was supposed to be baking a piece inspired by a naked man in a swimming pool. But it didn't go quite to plan. She was joined on the special Stand Up to Cancer charity episode by Allison Hammond, Joe Sugg, and James Blunt. Tasked with baking a rectangular cake of their own design was the challenge. Alex had viewers in pieces as she presented the dodgy-looking effort to the judges. Wow. One confused uh, fan wrote on Twitter, Why has Alex Jones made a fondant vagina. I'm calling the police. What, the fanny Why? police? Is she in a police show? No, she actually does a... Um, she's the host of a kind of light entertainment magazine show at 6 oh. o'clock. Oh, okay. Where they interview people and it's just throwaway for about half an hour. Like E.T. Right, gotcha. Another left. Um, Did we all see a fondant vagina? A third added, I'm a bit behind, but did Alex's little person have her vagina fully on show? 
or was that just in my own twisted mind? While a fourth wrote, that's one big old vagina. I like the way the eye followed you around the room. It was very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Most people can't find that. No. Her appearance didn't get much better on the baking show as she needed stitches. Oh, no. After a mixing bowl shattered and cut her finger. But it was fellow contestant Joe who was the most dramatic as he fainted. Christ almighty, what's this? <laughs> the Battle of Balaclava. Best episode ever. Right? This I'm not like a, even done yet. She's like a field dressing station in the Crimea in the 1850s. Yeah, so Joe Sugg is yes. fainted after he sliced his finger. Oh, my. The YouTube star was heard saying, I might need to sit outside for a bit before he collapsed. <laughs> wow, what an episode that was. Vaginas and cut God. fingers and fainting and... Blood. Blood. Oh God! <laughs> Sprang around the room. Sounds like a great Halloweenish episode. <laughs> Alex uploaded a picture of the foursome on social media, captioning it: "From the sublime to the ridiculous, tonight is all about extremes." Allison Hammond also entertained viewers with her usual charm, as fans requested that she receive a damehood. Wow. I think that's out of the question. That's not like the Hammond... No, she's a big black lady who does lots of interviews with celebrities on This Morning, which is a... Oh, okay, so it's not program. the Hammond on... Couldn't be further apart okay. in size, colour, okay. gender, and mm. everything else. All right. The great celebrity bake-off will return to screens later this year with a new hunt to find Britain's best baker. I love it. It's very interesting you brought that up because something else happened on that episode. This is an episode we have to watch. The best yeah. episode ever. James Blunt calls his stirring bake-off <gasps> tent with witty-shaped horseradish. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is an episode we have to watch. This is nuts. Singer James Blunt calls to stir in the bake-off tent with his horseradish root. It looks just like a willy. Oi. The child's offer uses the vegetable in one of his bakes. Who bakes radishes for crying? It's not veggie, it's a root. I think you'll find that carrots are roots as well, and turnips and swedes and all kinds of roots. The chart topper used the vegetable in one of his bakes, but co-host Noel Fielding cannot help but comment on the similarity to a penis. He tells James, seriously, did you bring this yourself? Is this what's happening now? It was for his horseradish surprise, apparently. Surprise! <laughs> surprise! Was it a big surprise or was well, it a I little saw surprise? It, it was. Little. Well, I always imagined a horseradish to be. Yes, it was a large surprise. It was. It was curved, very thick. It, it looks corpse-like. It looked. Uh, it reminded Placid. me. I tell you what, it looked like when I've been to Greece and I've seen ancient statues. And they've oh. been endowed. It had that feel. It had that flavour to it. Do you ah. see what I'm saying? I thought you were going to say when you were to Greece and you went to the nude beach. I was yeah. just going to... I've never been to a nude beach. You fact... said you did. Come on. <laughs> but I wasn't nude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way... <laughs> I had a camera. <laughs> the worst occasion for that... <laughs> When I was 21 or 22, I was backpacking through Europe, mm. and I ended up in Munich at the Tiergarten in Munich, 
and I didn't realise it was a naked park. Mm-hmm. And the Germans are a very strange race of people. Let's put that straight out there. Me and my mate Chris are walking around, and everyone's stark naked, not a stitch of clothing. Two huge German frauleins with the wood on their balcony came forward and went up to me and Chris and asked us if they had a light for their cigarette. Never more have I wanted to smoke in my life. You became a sandwich, didn't you? Yeah. I don't know what that means. You're a Lee sandwich. I was the schnitzel in their pumpernickel. Lovely. There is a story in here, Dinah, get out. I'm sorry. (laughs) I've got time. I can wait. (laughs) James competes against this morning's Alison Hammond. The one shows Alex Jones and Strictly Star Joe Sugg to be the baker. Blunt who scored hits with You're Beautiful. Carry You Home in 1973. Claims he's useless in the kitchen and never bakes. Useful person to have on a baking competition. He says, I have a VIP account with my local pizza parlour because I'm so regular with them. Important to be regular when you're eating takeaways, I feel. Horseradish surprise or close your eyes. You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. We need to see this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything is happening in this one-hour episode, Let's isn't it? Let's watch it. it. Yeah. And it was for charity. They were raising a lot of money yeah. for good causes and cancer relief. So good luck to them. But we do need to track that down. Everything was happening. Scott, if you're still with us up there in bright and sunny and warm, balmy, mm-hmm. superior, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Knock Your Mother? I've got a story for you from the Private's Parade of the Sun. Cab driver rejected by army because he has a tattoo of a penis on his leg. That must be bad if you're being rejected from the army, I might add. How long is a tattoo? I'll get there. Patience. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's straight in there with the deets. That, she wants she to know said. the deets. <laughs> I thought size didn't matter. It always matters. I think that's God. what you've been told. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A cabbie cannot join the army because he has the tattoo of a willy on his leg. Kevin Price, 28, got the artwork on his inner thigh as a dare after a boozing session with pals. But when he applied to join the Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers, he was asked if he had any tattoos. He sent in photographs of the ones on his arm and the six inches long manhood inked on his leg. There, are you happy now, Heather? No, I've had that worse, (laughs) and it was not happy then either. Wow. I feel we're learning a lot. He was rejected because the tattoo, visible when he's wearing shorts, was offensive under current policy. Kevin said, it's a joke. I was going to be in uniform. I'm not exactly going to run around in my boxers, am I? The dad of three got the tattoo in 2018. He kept it hidden from his girlfriend, Kimberly, 28, for three months as she was pregnant and he didn't want to upset her. Wait, wait, hold on. He kept it (laughs) hidden from his girlfriend who was was pregnant for three months. Yep. Yeah, but it may not be with his. Yes. So she never saw his tattoo on his inner thigh of his six-inch imposter willy. Not for three months. Can't you make that look like something else, like Earthworm Jim? Put a couple of googly eyes on it, you mean, and a couple of arms? Yeah, like a worm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, you're creative. A rocket. A rocket. 
You, you want it to look a, like a rocket? Put a bun around it and tattoo on some ketchup. Yeah, there you go. Like a schnitzel. Schnitzel. Yeah. Schnitzel is a flattened piece of veal that's breaded, isn't it? Yeah. Big old ring baloney. Okay, now we're getting there. <laughs> Summer pudding. <laughs> Great. What else you yeah, got there? Is, is there still more to come? A mushroom with a oh, gnome. Yeah. A little bit more. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll help him out. <laughs> he added, we were about eight pints deep when my friend, recommend, or friend mentioned he had a tattoo gun back at his house. Funny you should say that, Scott. Guess what we got in the studio? <laughs> there, is really? a, there is a tattoo gun down with, here. With five is, different ones. No matter true. how drunk you get, do not. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to tattoo Made in Wisconsin on your ass cheek. <laughs> <laughs> no, Just M- like a nice cheese. MQTA was here. <laughs> yeah. We're going to sign all our names. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have a tattoo gun? <laughs> oh, you ask some strange and bizarre questions. We have five. <laughs> there is actually five tattoo guns. <laughs> They've never been used by human hand, but we're willing to have a go. We need some fake skin. Yes, we can get some. You can buy fake skin, or we can tattoo an orange or an oven-ready chicken. Or we can get Scott drunk. There we go. Uh, what could possibly go wrong with five <laughs> tattoo guns in the studio and Scott Drive? Do you wake up and you've got like little dotted lines all around your oh, face? God. There's not enough drunk to give me. <laughs> Doris? Who's Doris? Rufus. I love Doris. Great. Good old Doris Day. <laughs> wow. Come on, let's wrap it up. The bars are closing. I'm done. You are. Done. <laughs> That's what she said. God. <laughs> Is that with one tier two? <laughs> Getting my design ready. I'm bunking that story. I'm bunking that because I think you're not allowed to join the army if you're over 28 years of age. Or 27? There's an age limit, isn't there? He said he was 28. He had it done yep. in 2018. I, I think the age limit for the British Army is 27, 26. Hmm. I'm not looking at it I up. may have to look into that. I'm calling bunk. But if you wish to see the tattooed willy all the way down the leg, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee, and you will see it for yourself in glorious Technicolor. Miss Morris, what have you got for me finally in the round of Not For Your Mother? A churchgoer Here we go. who seeked help to identify what she believed to be a vintage bottle stopper was left saying that there isn't enough soap after being told exactly what it was. Oh, God. It wasn't a vintage bottle top. A woman known only as Jane, because she didn't want to give out the rest of her name because she was extremely embarrassed, posted images of the unknown item to a glass collector Facebook group. Oh, God. Asking for help. Help me. Help me. Help me. 
after it was discovered washed up in a garden following a heavy storm. Oh, well, someone she left thought she out. found treasure. She did. She did find treasure. Jane, treasure. Jane, oh, treasure. 61, wrote, Got a friend of my sister that came across a solid glass piece. Since she can't figure it out, she reached out to me, and now I'm reaching out to all of you lovely Facebook people, hoping to get an idea of what it is. The only thing coming to mind is either a bottle stopper or for a decanter, or possibly maybe some sort of unique chess piece. A unique chess piece. Oh, I'll say I it. think the bishop's taking the queen. <laughs> Up the arse. <laughs> oh, lovely. That went very Irish very quickly. Up the arse. Oh, all around my arse. mate. <laughs> let, let me help you people. It's 4.5 inches tall. Jesus Christ. 1.5 diameter at the fat part. <laughs> <laughs> the thick part. And one point seven five at the that base. No significant scratches anywhere. Been well looked after. Does look to have a reflective gold tone to it a little bit. <laughs> what what are you what impression are you doing over old there? Lady. Old, old lady. Doing old lady, okay. With some quick to recognize exactly what the treasure that had been unearthed was, one broke it to Jane as gently as possible, replying, It's a stopper, but it's not a stopper. for a bottle. Yeah, not, not for a, for a bottle. <laughs> Reading through some of the less cryptic replies, Just Jane... Just there's somebody somewhere who's stuffing a decanter lid up their bottom. Yeah. They've got the two muddled up. <laughs> Jane from Indiana discovered her sister was now in possession of a sex toy. Well, my sister and I are both just cracking up, but the fact she picked it up and handled it, oh. I don't think there's enough soap to wash away that image <laughs> of her the sin. looking real close at it. To be Maybe fair. sniffing it to see what type of bottle Brand it was in. Brandy. <laughs> Wine. <laughs> Wine. <laughs> Oddly enough, her sister got pink eye two days later. It got dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> then a butt plug would be useful, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Keep on giving. <laughs> I'd have killed for a butt plug when I had dysentery. <laughs> Thank God she didn't think it was a pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> Jane and her sister have since been able to see the funny side with the public confusion, leaving them cracking up. As the post gathered so much attention, the moderator had to disable comments simply to keep up with everybody posting. <sighs> but I'm sure you'd like to hear some of the messages. Yep. Which included, so, are we calling this ass glass? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I want 
if it's on weird second-hand finds. At least you didn't take it to the Antiques Roadshow. Right? right. Yeah. Think what the you've Kino got there. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Is it worth anything? <laughs> <laughs> the second advice. It's a stopper, all right. But think orifice, not bottle. <laughs> I didn't wash up in her garden. I didn't get there. Did I don't... hear the sea? I think it fell <laughs> out. There's a sailor lost that. It fell out. It fell out. <laughs> Somebody had some built up back pressure and it just landed had in someone her car. There goes a window. <laughs> Another seemed to poke poor fun at Jane's suggestion. It was part of a chess set writing. <laughs> Looks like she found a knight. Maybe the others will turn up soon. It's a shame. When a set gets split apart. (laughs) 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 Jane, her sister, and their friend didn't want to be identified as they are all very active members of their churches and don't want to risk harming their reputations. Wow. Some questioned whether the post had been done in jest, commenting, Yo, for the love of God, I hope this post isn't for real, but you gotta love the detail they went through. Jane replied to say it was very real, and the three of us have clearly lived very sheltered lives, and the trio had never seen one before. She added, now that we all know what it is, I have thoroughly washed our hands even though two of us never touched it we still (laughs) washed our hands we put that in the house (laughs) and they're having a good laugh at the education we got my sister is very religious and so is her friend and quite frankly none of us knew what it was her friend is not horrified and having nightmares. Oh, good God. Aww. She's got post-traumatic of stress the disorder. ass glass. <laughs> Lovely. Well, you did a good job there, Miss Morris, in keeping mm-hmm. an old woman's voice going for so long. All gold things come to an end. Outrageous. Well, all good things come to an end. So let's look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It's Scott, <gasps> despite scoring himself a five, he is in fourth place. He gets a lonely day at Turkey Mountain with a manically depressed Bigfoot. Says so a good day out there mm. for everybody. In third place tonight is Heather Morris. She scores herself a six. She gets a night in a cemetery with some hand gel and a YouTube channel. I am in second place tonight with a double O. Seven, I get four kids and a complete lack of paranormal activity, but winning the $33,000 IR camera with a resplendent first place score of eight is Michelle. She gets a dog, Uber driver, and a date with a dragonfly man. Nice. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Why not jump over to SoundCloud right now, search for MQTA Radio, and you can hear an extra 20 to 25 minutes of our show in a round called Not For Your Mother. 
My gratitude and gratitude thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Chitondra, and Michelle Curry, Scott Kenner, and all of the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. You've been listening to MQTA, the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world with your host, Adrian Lee. We are the very best in paranormal news radio entertainment. And remember to be safe out there in the big wide world just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night